season two of the JKR podcast powered by Black Cobra Sports. My name is Jay Shriglin and I'm the host. Let's dig into today's episode after a word from our sponsor. To the JKR podcast today, we have Indiana native Midwest Canes middle infielder and 2025 Notre Dame baseball commit. We got Mason Barth on the JKR podcast. Mason, super pumped to get you on the show, man. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. How are you doing? Good, man. So you, I hear you said that um, today was your last final. So how was that? Oh, uh, they were they were tough, but you know, I think I did pretty well. I know I studied hard last night. I felt pretty prepared. Okay. So halfway through your sophomore year, like how's everything looking when it comes to, you know, the education side of things? Yeah. Um, last year I thought I did really well. I had straight A's last year. This year started off pretty strong. Um, I'm looking to, you know, continue to do so, do so throughout high school because obviously Notre Dame is a high academic school. So, you know, I got to keep the grades up, but yeah, it's been going really well. Awesome. So like you said, I mean, Notre Dame, you know, is one of those, you know, schools that you have to have those pretty significant grades just to get in. Um, so when you do head to Notre Dame's campus, do you have any idea in what like you'll want to study or when it comes to like in the classroom like you want to do? Yeah, so I kind of I don't know 100 percent just yet, but um, I definitely have some ideas. You know, um, I've been liking forensic science, you know, anything with business, you know, maybe like one day running my own like baseball facility where I could help kids like weightlifting, hitting you know, throwing, just anything like that. Okay. All right, man. So one question before we dig into, you know, just the baseball side of things. Like I said, I asked this pretty much to everybody that gets on the podcast. And that is for those who don't know you, how would you introduce yourself? Who exactly is Mason Barth? You know, I'd say definitely to start out um, when we're not super close, I would say I'm a little bit quiet at first, but once we really get to know each other, I definitely open up, dude. We have great times, you know, great laughs, everything like that. Just being a good friend. You know, I'd say even you'll find out like I'm hardworking. I'm pretty passionate about the things that I love to do uh, when it comes to baseball. You know, I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty determined to you know make it as far as I can. Just you definitely find things out like that. OK. All right. So it's time to dig into your baseball career a little bit. Um, so talking about the Midwest Canes, just kind of dig in, kind of dig straight into, you know, travel ball. So how exactly did you get connected with the Midwest Canes? And um, like, have they been the only travel ball team you've kind of played for so far in your career? So last year was our 15 u season. That was my first year playing with them. Before that, I kind of grew up, you know, in a smaller, like, kind of area where where I live at. Um, so from, like, 8 to, like, 14, you know, I played with kids that I lived around, played with kids I knew for a long time, played against, you know, because they were local. Uh, so last – the 14 u season, I played with Flash Baseball with a bunch of my buddies. And they just opened up a new facility, so that was kind of the first year it kind of started. Uh, we ended up doing really well, actually. And then when it came time, you know, we played in India a lot, of course, around all the Indianapolis teams like the Canes and the Bulls and things like that. So Jay Huntley reached out to me and two of my other buddies, and we knew that they were a really good program. And really from there, we just we have conversations with them. We came out to a tryout. We really loved it. And that's when we started playing with them. Okay, so you said Coach Hunley was the guy who reached out. Um, so for you being in that 2025 class, is he your guys' head coach, or is there somebody else within that Canes program who's coaching you guys on, you know, like a game-to-game level? Yes, he's our head coach. 
Okay. So what is your relationship like with Coach Hundley now that you've been, you know, playing with him last summer, uh, built somewhat of a good relationship with him? What is that relationship like? You know, he's a he's a really great guy. We're pretty close. Um, we're always kind of around each other when we're at tournaments. You know, if we go out to eat or we're just hanging around the hotel, I'm always talking to him. He's a great guy, super funny guy. Uh, we're pretty close, I would say. You know, I love being around him. Okay. So, you know, going from, you know, flash baseball is what you said it was called, right? Yes. So going from flash baseball to the Midwest Canes, obviously the Canes are, you know, traveling to Atlanta, Hoover, all those different places down south. Uh, what were some of those, like, biggest comparisons that you would compare uh, flash baseball to the Midwest Canes? Yeah, so Flash was, um, you know, obviously smaller than the Canes, not as well known. So I think we kind of, we obviously went down to Indianapolis, which was still good competition. But I think the biggest change from going there to the Canes was really when we went down to Georgia or like Florida, when we play like really top tier teams, you know, I think that's what the really big difference is between the two and definitely playing the better competition, you know, helped me also grow as a player. And that's really the biggest difference right there. Okay, so heading into 2023, kind of what are your plans, you know, playing for the Midwest Canes, uh, potentially some of your goals heading into 2023? What does that look like as, you know, we flip that calendar year from 2022 to 2023? Yeah, so goals right now uh, outside of baseball, you know, just continue to do well in school. And um, and when we start off with baseball, you know, obviously getting bigger, faster, stronger every year is always the goal. Uh, keeping my exposure out there, you know, trying to just not only just improve every year, but really try to work on like things that I need to work on and get better at every aspect of my game that I can. Okay. You know, so just looking back into your career, um, travel ball wise, um, when, what, what are some of those favorite memories you have, whether that's, you know, playing for flash baseball with some of your buddies, you know, from your hometown or going last summer with the Midwest Canes to all those different places across the country. Uh, what are some of those memories that just come to mind when you talk, think about, you know, your travel ball career so far? Uh, definitely when we were 12 going down to Cooperstown, that was so much fun. You know, we got to stay with the coaches and the team in like these kind of like dorm type of areas. It was really fun because there was all type of teams like around us. So we'd like trade pins with them. You know, we talked to them, we play wiffle ball with them outside. Um, that was definitely super fun. You know, one of the best experiences out in New York and then definitely playing with all my local friends. We'd hang out all the time on the weekends if we didn't have baseball. And then last year was definitely super fun, you know, meeting kids from like all around Indiana, uh, even talking to kids out in like Georgia that I really didn't know. But just being able to like talk to them, like some of the top players in the country or their state or whatever, that was super fun. And that was those are some great memories that I won't forget. Yeah. So, you know, being there in Cooperstown, being there at Georgia with all the different travel ball facilities that you've played at so far. Obviously, we have Grand Park here in Indiana as well, which is great. Uh, but what is your favorite travel ball facility that you've played at so far in your career? Ooh, I'd have to say Lake Point. Lake Point, I also went down to USA Baseball, too, in Cary. That was really nice, too. What were you there for uh, in Cary for? Uh, the Midwest INTS, I believe it's called. Okay. It was uh, the, uh, the USA Baseball thing. All right, so take us through that a little bit, what that experience was like. Uh, I guess what the day-to-day -day looked like as well. Uh, just take us through that you know, whole experience. Yeah, so the first day we got down there was me and my dad. We drove down there. Uh, Eli Bennett was down there and Brandon Logan too. So, you know, going down there thinking that maybe I could be the only one knowing those two were down there definitely like helped it out. Cause I'd be able to talk to them and meet some other guys. Um, you know, it was really fun. There's kids from all over like the Midwest area, kids from like Kansas and things like that, Missouri. It was super fun. And all those kids are super great kids. You know, I kind of got close with them 
you know, got their social medias, talked to them still. That was super fun. The coaches were actually really good down there too. Helped out with things, uh, kind of like a day by day. We started out with like uh kind of like a showcase type of thing, usually how some of those tournaments start out, and then we just played like three or four games and then for the pool play at least, and then we went into like the actual bracket play. Okay. So you mentioned Lake Point there. So I know you were part of, you know, that PBR futures game here in, in what well, July or August, whatever it falls in. Uh, but what was that like, you know, going, you know, playing in front of all those different scouts, playing with, you know, RJ Cromarty, Jay Lee, some of your teammates um, with the Canes as well. What did that, what was that experience like, you know, going down to Georgia and doing that uh, whole event? Yeah, that was super fun. Uh, obviously, before I even went there, I knew Jace Lee and RJ just from because we've played actually both of them. We played St. Joe and we played Penn with Andrean. So I kind of knew of them already. But being able to actually have a conversation with them and like get closer with them was really great. And just playing the competition out there, we played some of the top states in the whole country, you know, Texas, California, uh, Georgia. It was super fun, especially because uh, not many 2025s were down there. It was mostly 24s, so the competition was definitely higher. But, um, yeah, that was a really great experience. Yeah. So when I talked <laughs> to Jay Lee and Cromarty and uh, um, Joe Glander, I guess one of your future team. I guess they're all your future teammates. Shoot, I guess I didn't even notice that. But uh, talking to them, I know they said there's, you know, tons of just golf carts all over the place, scouts all over just kind of watching your game. So when you, you know, you go out into the field there at an event like that and you just see all these scouts – like what's going through your mind and how do you know you kind of keep that tunnel vision when it comes to, you know, just kind of still playing your game and kind of keeping composed with those scouts in the stands. Right. So definitely the nerves, you know, they're going, obviously you don't want to do, you don't want to look bad in front of a scout, you know, especially if it's like a school you're really interested in. But um, I would say definitely just like focusing on my breathing, you know, kind of calming the heart rate down and a step in the box, you know, maybe there's a good picture out there, but like, I just think to myself, like you can do, you got to have a positive mindset, you know, you go out there obviously you want to do good. So you got to have good thoughts out there. And I think that really helps you calm your nerves down and just play how you play. Yeah. So you talked about high school baseball there a little bit, how you played Jay Lee and Cromarty. Um, you got Drake Bowen on your team as well. Um, yeah. So just take us through, you know, your high school experience last year as a freshman, I believe you guys didn't make it to state, right? Yes. We won state last year. Okay. That's what I thought, but I didn't want to like say something and be wrong. Uh, but no, so take us through that experience, you know, as a freshman, uh, maybe some guys you looked up to how you played, uh, you know, just going through that state championship run last year. Yeah. So, you know, at the beginning of the season, obviously uh, just starting, I started all year last year as a freshman. So, you know, coming in playing 17, 18 year olds was obviously a little bit nervous, but once the season kind of progressed, I figured out that I could definitely play up to that level. So as we really started going through, you know, uh, all the seniors, we had a lot of seniors last year that I really looked up to, you know, they just, they, they were ready to work. They were hard workers. They were always out there looking to win, you know, uh, as we started into playoffs, sectionals was, we had a really good sectional and then really semi-state was when I started to get really nervous, you know, just coming in, playing those seniors, like the, there's a kid going to IU that we played at Newcastle. He was pretty good. He had good stuff. Got in there first at bat, hit a double, realized, you know, I'm, I was ready. We prepared all week for it, and then the state game was probably the most nervous I've ever been for a baseball game coming in there against uh, Dukanich. But, uh, yeah, we trained all week for him. You know, we got ready for him, went up there. First at bat, got a hit on a 3-2, and um, the state game was so much fun. I, I That was probably one of the greatest experiences I've ever had. I'm sure. So what did that look like? Did you So did you guys, you know, stay the night in Indianapolis the night before, or did you guys, you know, just hop on a bus there early that morning from Andrean and drive all the way to Indy? Yeah, we hopped on a bus early that morning. 
So when you, you know, hop on the bus, kind of take us through, you know, you guys walk into, walk into the stadium, get off the bus, uh, take us through, you know, what that day looked like, you know, before the game. Yeah. So we kind of stopped like halfway and we hit uh, BP, you know, and then got back in the bus, kind of just put my AirPods in, just like, you know, kind of envisioned how the, I wanted the game to go. Obviously coming in, facing a pitcher like him, like we knew it was going to be a tough game, but, you know, I just envisioned myself being able to perform against him. I, we prepared for him. We were ready. Uh, everybody was super pumped to play in that game. You know, all the seniors, obviously it's their last game of the year for them in high school. I, they were so excited to play. I felt that we just came out, we had more energy. We were just, I thought we were super prepared for him. You know, he probably thought coming in, you know, just a, he's the number one pitcher in the state, you know, probably top in the country. He was probably ready to just dominate us, but we showed up and we showed him what we could do. Yeah. So facing that, you know, that IU commit, Aiden Decker Petty, I believe, um, in the regionals and then going and facing Ducanis, you know, in the state championship. Take us through that at bats a little bit, because obviously facing two power five arms right there as a freshman, those guys are 18 years old. Take us through those at bats. Right. So I came in pretty nervous, you know, but the week before we had set up our machine, uh, Coach Pishker set up a machine at like 90 or 95. And we would see that for, you know, a few rounds. We'd throw in like sliders and curveballs and changeups and all those different types of pitches at different speeds. Uh, you know, I, I just felt like when I got in the box on that Saturday for the semi-state game and the state game, after seeing that, that all week, I just, you know, it kind of just didn't feel like it was 90 anymore. It kind of just felt like it just felt like a normal fastball. Yeah. So, um, so you know, you mentioned you do have you did have a lot of seniors there on that Andrean team last year. Uh, obviously, Drake Bowen as well. Um, so who are some of those guys you know you looked up to as a freshman? Maybe some guys who you know took you under their wing. Uh, just who are some of those guys? Yeah, definitely Drake was one of them. Uh, he was he's just a super he's a super great guy. You know, obviously football and baseball over at Notre Dame. He definitely knows what he's talking about. And like, uh, early in the beginning of the season. He would just take me under. He would tell me things. He would help me out. Uh, other seniors, like we had a kid named Jax. He was our catcher. We were kind of – we were pretty close. He would always – I would talk to him all the time. He'd give me, like, motivation to keep playing. He'd tell me that, like, I'm ready. Like, even though I'm young, like, I'm ready to play. Uh, Peyton, our pitcher for the state game, you know, he was just like Jax. Him and Jax were best friends. You know, I grew really close with them. Um. Yeah, they honestly, every senior there kind of took me under their wing as young as I was because I think they knew that I was ready to play up with them. So you get into face, you know, you mentioned it, the 17, 18 year olds all season, you started every game. I assume you were what, 14, 15 at the time. What would you say would be tougher? You know, when you're facing, you know, talent up there in northern Indiana, um, when they're, you're facing guys in high school who are older or when you're playing travel ball, when you're facing, you know, the top tier talent of your own age group, uh, but are from across the country. Yeah, so I definitely say, like, you know, facing those 17, 18-year-olds, they're obviously more mature, but, you know, sometimes I feel like there's 15-year-olds, 16-year-olds out there that are just as mature. So I definitely say playing with the travel ball was definitely harder. Uh, going down to Georgia, Florida, uh, North Carolina, seeing, like, the top 15, 16-year-olds in the country, I outplayed some of the 17, 18-year-olds I would play during yeah. the high school season. So do you have a different approach, you know, when you're playing travel ball compared to high school? Um. I would say it's pretty similar. You know, I go out there and try to just do my best, you know, play the best of my ability. Uh, just going in the box, you know, I think the same thing. Like, maybe just because one's older than the other doesn't mean one is any less better than the other. My approach stayed the same all year. Just wanted to win and play really well. 
All right, so obviously Andrean won the state championship last year. I know from, I guess, just doing a little bit of research, they are, you know, one of those better high school baseball teams in the state of Indiana. Um, So what do you think's kind of led to that success there at Andrean? Obviously, I know you guys have at least two Power 5 commits with you and Drake right now. Um, mm-hmm. But no, what is like, what, what do you think the reasoning is for that success there at Andrean? Definitely the coaching staff. You know, Dave Pischer has been there, the head coach for a super long time. He's coached many players, a couple in the big leagues right now. Uh, Sean Manaya, Mike Barrasso, they're both in the big leagues right now playing still. So I definitely say he was a huge part of it. He knows his game. He knows what's going on. He knows different, like what to do in different situations. He knows how to prepare for games. He knows how to develop players. So, yeah, definitely, definitely the coaching staff for sure. Yeah. So coming from a program that has, you know, a couple of major league guys or is Sean and that other guy, do they ever come back and kind of, you know, give back to the high school and, you know, maybe go through a practice with you guys or, you know, come and speak? Yeah, for sure. Uh, I've Manaya's been back. He came back last year during uh, the winter time. I've met Mike Barrasso as well. Um, I've talked to Michael Doolin before as well. He's at Vanderbilt right now. He came out of Andrean. Uh, yeah, so they definitely come back, you know, they kind of talk about their experiences, you know, like what they do before games, like things like that, just to like kind of like inspire the younger high school kids or even like the older high school kids getting ready for college. Yeah. So when you get the chance to talk to guys like that who are playing power five baseball, playing in the major leagues, how do you go, you know, about picking their brain? Like what are some certain questions you're asking them and just how are you trying to gain knowledge um, from guys like that? Um, Definitely. Questions I would want to know, just like how they get ready for big games, you know, like going out, especially in like the MLB or like college, uh, going out there and just being able to like keep your composure when you're facing like the top players, like in the whole like world, kind of. So like, how do you prepare for that? How do you like stay ready? You know, how do you, how are you just like prepared for it? You know, like when it, when the time comes, like obviously like leading up to it, like the nerves are going, you know, but like when the time actually comes, like, what do you do? You know, just like things you do in your off season, things you do to improve, just anything like that. You guys won the state championship last year there at Andrean. Uh, so what does that look like, you know, this coming year as a sophomore? Like who are some guys who are returning? Like what's the outlook on this upcoming season? Um, and like what's some of the competition level you guys will be playing? Yeah, so our competition is definitely be up there. You know, after winning state, everyone's going to want to come after us and try to beat us just to say they beat last year's state champ, you know. But, uh, yeah, definitely we're going to lose a lot of seniors. We lost a lot of seniors, but, you know, coming from Andrean, it's always a really top program, and I think that Pisker is going to do a really good job again this year, and we're, we should be able to be really good this year again and make a pretty deep run again. Okay. You know, back-to-back back at State would be pretty sick, so. Would be, would be. Hell, maybe, who knows, if maybe back-to-back-to-back-to-back, to back to back to back, you know, you're one for <laughs> one so far, shoot. Uh, but no, I mean, Northwest Indiana, I mean, it's always producing a lot of good baseball talent. Like we mentioned before, Jay Lee, RJ Cromarty, you, Mason Braun, Bradley Farrell. I mean, there's a bunch of guys who are committed to, you know, D1 power five schools. Uh, what are some of those relationships you have amongst some of those other, you know, top prospects here in the state of Indiana? Yeah, so I actually know a couple of them. Some of them actually kind of live around here, like Griffin Tobias. He doesn't live too far. Um, you know, Isaac Vanderwood. Yeah. Yeah, he lives pretty close. We do infield like once a week with some of our coaches and, you know, Jace and RJ, obviously they're going to Notre Dame as well. So I definitely talk to them like they're super cool dudes. Mason Braun, even I've talked to him a few times. He's a super cool dude, too. Anytime I get the chance to talk to him, I'll come up to him, you know, say what's up. Just ask him how he's doing. Just anything like that. You know, obviously all the good like the good players, you know, you would want to talk to him, you know, like learn from him. 
kind of just see how they're doing, just anything like that. So, you know, when you're talking to some of these guys across the state, just like yourself, who are committed to power fives, you're going to get a chance there for battle of Indiana to, you know, talk to the majority of these guys. So, you know, what are you looking forward to most there in January at round tripper Academy, uh, you know, just going and competing up against some of those guys and you'll know, being a part of battle of Indiana. Yeah. Yeah. I'm actually really excited. You know, it's going to be a super fun experience being able to see all those guys, you know, all those players just in one area, you know, of course you're going to have some great conversations with everybody, but the competition's definitely going to be up there, you know, I'm really excited. It's going to be a great time out there, you know, get to talk to everybody, kind of meet maybe some new people that I've never talked to before. And uh, yeah, that's what I'm looking forward to. All right. So if you could face one guy from across the state, who would that be? If I could face one guy, I don't want to say the obvious, but, you know, facing Max would be pretty cool. Yeah. Which I know. So, I mean, obviously, like, I mean, I'm reaching as I'm working on this schedule, like I want to, you know, ask everybody, like, who who do you want to face? You know, I, I want to make sure, you know, everyone's facing who they want to face. But then again, I'm like, well, shoot, everyone's just going to say Max. <laughs> uh, um, um, no, um, if, I guess if there wasn't if you could, you take Max Clark out of the conversation, who who is the other guy you'd want to face? Honestly, I'm not sure everyone that's going, but I have seen a few. Ooh. I think facing Joe would be pretty cool. Joe Glander. Haven't seen him much really, but I know he's he's also going to Notre Dame. I've talked to him a couple of times. He's a super cool dude too. Yeah. So take it. Go ahead. That would be pretty fun. Yeah. So take us through, you know, what your approach would be, you know, facing, you know, Max Clark and Joe Glander. Uh, what would that look like as you're walking up, you know, to the batter's box? What does that look like, you know, when it comes to what you're expecting to uh, expecting to face? Yeah, so I'm definitely looking over there, looking to, you know, see Velo. Obviously, both of them, they have plus fastballs, they have plus off speed. Definitely going to get in there. You know, it's going to be a little bit nerve-wracking, but, you know, it's fine because I'm just going to try to calm myself down. You know, obviously, facing Joe, he's a super good player, too. Facing Max, obviously, he's number one player in the country. Um, So, yeah, I would just try to be on time on a fastball, you know, look for a fastball, but I'd have to adjust you off speed, especially if I go down 0-2, 0-1, really anything like that. So, yeah, I'd go in there, probably same approach as I always do, you know, kind of try to sit on something that I think I could hit. And then, I mean, really their velo is what's going to what's gonna jump on me for sure. But I think I could be on time for it, especially after seeing, like, Dukanich and I'm sure. all of them before. Yeah. All right, so let's kind of dig into the recruiting process a little bit. Obviously, you know, you're staying home. Notre Dame's not too far away from where you're at at Andrean. Uh, so just take us through that recruiting process a little bit, you know, kind of how it got started and when some of those Division One teams, you know, started reaching out to you. Yeah, so probably after my first time at Future Games last year, um, I, I mean, I, I thought I did pretty good. So I thought there was a couple of schools that, you know, kind of interested in me. I didn't really, like, talk to them much. But as the season went on, like, through the fall, uh, I went to a few camps, you know, I've talked to a couple of coaches. I've talked to Missouri before, after their camp. And then, you know, I played through the whole 15U summer season, and that's when really everything started to get noticed. I went down to USA Baseball. That was really fun. Uh, I got noticed there, too. And then future games this year, uh, I talked to Ohio State. I talked to Wright State. Um, I talked to IU. And then I talked to Notre Dame and Notre Dame before that I had like any interest at all, you know, maybe like last year I would like write a list down on like my mirror that I would look at of like my top five or like schools that I was interested in and Notre Dame was up there. So when I got the chance to talk to them, you know, I was super excited 
um, eventually we, me and coach Robbins got really close and, you know, they gave me something that I couldn't resist. And obviously going there for the education, not just baseball, but their education is really up there in the country. Their baseball is amazing. Their coaches are amazing. So when I got a chance to go there, you know, I definitely took that chance. I'm sure. So, you know, as you know, as those first couple high, uh, those first couple colleges start reaching out, what do some of those initial conversations look like? I right, guess take us through, you know, your kind of first couple coaches that you talk to. Obviously, you're 14, 15 years old, kind of figuring it out. I'm sure your, your mind's spinning when you're talking to, you know, all these different college coaches as a freshman in high school. Uh, so what did, you know, some of those initial conversations look like with colleges? Yeah, so the first few conversations are usually kind of like a introduction, kind of get to know you type of conversation. So they just like, you know, ask about how you are, how your family is, you know, like your interests, like kind of like what you look for when you think about college. Um, so those are like the first really few conversations that I would have, you know, sometimes it would be like just one conversation and then like maybe a week or two, like another one. Uh, so but with Notre Dame, you know, Coach Robbins was super, like, he communicated all the time. You know, we'd call, like, once a week. We wouldn't just even talk about baseball. You know, we just talked about, like, you know, how's school going? How's your how's your family doing, of course? Like, you know, like, what are you, like, looking to do, like, here pretty soon? Just kind of conversations outside of baseball, you know, that you'd have kind of, like, with your friend or, like, something like that. So I thought that was really cool of him to do because, like, you know, when you go to school, when I actually end up going to Notre Dame in, like, two or three years, you know, you'll talk to him and you, like, he's not just going to be your coach too. Like he's going to be there for like you. He's not just going to be there just to, like try to develop you. He'll be there as your friend. He'll be there as your coach, you know, just things like that. Yeah. So as you were talking to, you know, the right States, Ohio States, Notre Dame, IU, did the majority of the coaching staffs kind of have the same strategy when it came to recruiting you or did you kind of see strategies kind of vary uh, depending on the school? Um. I'd say they were pretty similar, kind of just like, they, you know, they kind of get to know you, tell you about like how the school is, like what their program's like, like how they like to develop their players. And, you know, I mean, not all of them were the same. Obviously, I feel like every coach, you know, kind of has their own things they try to do to kind of like, I don't want to say like persuade, but like, you know, kind of like make them like look good, you know, like everyone wants to look good for like their recruits. But um, I thought Notre Dame was just – they were, like, really good at that, you know. Uh, Coach Robbins, he talked a lot about Notre Dame. He talked about, like, yeah, I'm going there for baseball, but, like, when he talked about education, you know, he was even like, you know, you're coming here to play baseball, but there's always life outside of baseball. So if it, you know, maybe one day it doesn't work out, like, you're going to leave Notre Dame with, like, great educational, like, degree, and you'd be able to go wherever you want for to work, you know. So as you were going through that process, well, you know, what were a couple of those key things that you were looking at when you were deciding between uh, maybe a certain university compared to Notre Dame, looking at the coaching staff? Uh, what were some of those, you know, just key things that you valued when it came to making your collegiate decision? Right. Like I just said, you know, kind of looking at the educational piece to start off because like, obviously, like when you're done with baseball, like you're going to have an education from wherever you come out of school and Notre Dame's up there for sure. But um, besides that, I would say definitely player development was way up there because every year I would want to improve and, you know, better myself to be able to get to the next level. Um, so that's really the two main things that I looked at. But, you know, obviously, like how the coaches cared for their players, you know, did they just like kind of let them be or did they like really talk to them and like help them out and everything like that? It's like, you know, their care for their players, their development, the education, like those are the three like really main things that I was looking at. 
Yeah. So before actually deciding on Notre Dame, were there a couple other schools that potentially you know finished second or third uh, within that recruiting process? Um, the week before, a week or two before, we did go down to Cincinnati during the fall as like a Kingsman West kind of like camp day at Cincinnati. Uh, I did talk to their coach. He was a super cool guy. You know, the the facility was super nice. The campus was nice. Um, I thought Cincinnati was pretty nice, but I kind of wanted to wait it out a little bit. I didn't really have like a specific timeline that I was like, you know, like at this time, like I have to commit somewhere, you know. So I kind of just waited out. Um, I did. I was super interested in Notre Dame before ever even talking to them. So, I mean, a, really a second place. I don't know. I don't think there was really a second place. You know, when I think about it, Notre Dame was de- like, I would choose Notre Dame over any other school. Yeah. So obviously, I mean, you, you said Notre Dame was kind of, you know, on that list of five schools that you would always look at in your mirror, you know, when you were younger as one of your dream schools. Uh, but right. do you kind of remember that day where it just hit your mind? Like, okay, I'm going, I'm going to go ahead and commit to Notre Dame. That's where I'm going to play college baseball. Yeah. I mean, I committed October 14th and two days before that is when I actually announced to coach Robbins that I was going to commit there. You know, uh, I felt that everything that I was looking for Notre Dame had for me, you know, the development, the education, the care coach Robbins was super cool. He loved talking to me. I love talking to him. Uh, we got pretty close and I just thought that Notre Dame was the place I wanted to be. You know, uh, it's not far from home. My uncle lives out there. So and I know guys that are going to be there. They're super cool dudes. You know, everything about Notre Dame, I just thought was just perfect for me. So with a brand new coaching staff there um, with Coach Robbins and his coaching staff at Notre Dame, did you have a, like prior conversations with the previous coaching staff or for the most part, all the conversations start when Coach Robbins came in? Yes, all the conversations started when Coach Robbins came in. Okay. Um. So obviously, you know, you have a good relationships with Jay Lee, J- Joe Glander, Drake Bowen, Cromarty. I'm sure I'm missing a couple other guys that we've already talked about. But besides those guys, like, do you have other relationships with maybe guys who are committed in your class or even 24, 23, who, you know, who are out of state? Um, out of state? Um, I've talked to a few guys out of Illinois that I know. Because I obviously, you know, like you said before, being like pretty close to the Illinois border, we've been to Illinois like multiple times. So I know a lot of guys out of Illinois uh, playing against them, you know, talking to them like um, like Tanner Thomas. He's on our Canes Midwest team. He's out of Illinois going to Louisville. He's a super cool dude. Really, anybody that's on my team for Canes, especially like I would they're super fun to talk to. I love talking to them, but um, mostly in-state guys for sure. Okay. So being an Andrean, I know like we, like we, before, while we were scheduling this podcast, I mean, I messed it up when it came to, you know, Eastern time to central time. So where does that, you know, where is that at? Like, where are you at in Indiana at at Andrean? Like, obviously I assume you're pretty close to, you know, Illinois, like you said. So like, where does that look like in terms of, you know, like on that Indiana map? Uh, It is a Northwest. We're up in the Northwest. Andrean's in Maryville. Okay, so how close? So are you closer to Chicago? I I take it. Yeah, we're pretty close to Chicago. Probably like thirty minutes outside. Okay, so what does that what does that time zone look like? So how close are you to that? You know that cutoff of that Eastern time to Central time. Uh, South Bend is where it changes. We change around South Bend. Even going down to Indy, it changes for us. So like how far? So I guess how how far do you have to drive? You know, going east before it actually does change. Ooh, uh, I'm not sure of the, like the specific, but 
So you, you don't, don't have to you don't have to worry about you know like maybe driving to a friend's house and the time changes. No. Okay. Because I was always curious about that. Because I mean, I know I know it changes like in Indiana there for a little bit. So I wasn't sure. Because I mean, I'm used to Eastern time. You know, being here like in the east part of Indiana. So I was never really sure what that looked like when it came to the small little portion of Indiana that was Central time. Whether or not you know like they're just driving and they have to worry about Central Eastern time maybe a little bit more because like if they're traveling going somewhere else they have to worry about it. I was just kind of curious, but. Uh, let's kind of dig, go ahead, kind of dig into, you know, hitting, hitting approach a little bit. You are, you know, a shortstop and I believe you are a pitcher, correct? Yes. Okay. So what is the plans you had into college? I I'm assuming it's going to be, you know, more of a, as a position player, but like, what does that look like when it comes to just the plan position wise? Yeah, definitely going uh for position for the most part, you know, they kind of told me <clears throat> that if, if I really wanted to go two way that I could, but, you know, I kind of feel like, going like a two-way would kind of be like a tough situation kind of and I'm more of definitely more of a infield more than like a pitcher yeah. for sure so when it does come time for you know just to kind of focus solely on hitting and fielding how can you kind of see your game evolving um as you kind of you know forget about pitching there and kind of solely focus on that one side of the game yeah I feel like it'll uh, help a little bit you know obviously like I do put a lot of work in for infielding but I, I do put work in for pitching as well so I feel like kind of cutting that pitching time out of it will allow me to have even more time to work on hitting and fielding and stuff like that. All right. So let's kind of go ahead and dig into your hitting approach a little bit. Kind of take us through what you just, what's going through your head as you know, you're walking up to the batter's box. Uh, what are you trying to do with each at bat and kind of what does that approach kind of look like? Yeah. So I usually try to, you know, sit on a fastball, just like everybody kind of says, you know, my routine, I kind of go through, you know, I, you know, maybe kick around a little bit of dirt, kind of step out, I look at a specific spot of my bat, you know, I kind of take a deep breath in, you know, just kind of relax myself. And then I go back foot, you know, front foot, you maybe hit the plate. Now I try to focus really on trying to drive the ball through the middle of the field or try to take it somewhere opposite field. And then I also have a two strike approach where I kind of open up a little bit and kind of do like a no stride, but I still try to get into a good load just in case, you know, try to get some pop into it still. But uh, yeah, I go no stride, uh, sit on something. I kind of, keep it like a, I don't want to say a tighter zone, but a, like kind of open the zone a little bit because, you know, I obviously, you know, some umpires like to open it up, especially on like two strikes, you know, got to protect and try to stay alive as long as possible. Yeah. So if you could, if you got to go ahead and dig through your mechanics of your swing, uh, kind of take us through, you know, all the way up from, you know, like the load up all the way through the finish. Uh, what does hitting mechanics kind of look like? I kind of like to load into like my back hip, you know, and kind of like feel like a good, I kind of feel like I'm loaded, you know, because then when I go go to swing, like it's kind of like popping out of that load and really like trying to hit the ball hard. Uh, being able to like make contact with that power really allows me to like get a extra base hits, you know, like instead of just hitting like a you know, softball that could have gone like pretty hard through the gap could be the difference between like a double or a triple. Yeah. So you talk about your two strike approach there a little bit. When did you kind of, you know, uh, put that into your game? Because I know obviously growing up, you don't have a two strike approach, but right. when did that kind of switch to, you know, you going from the same approach the entire at bat to actually having a two strike approach? Uh, definitely changed last year. Uh, Coach Pishker, he liked the two strike approach and he had us work on it. He made sure that everybody had one and that everybody would do something different kind of with their, not different, but, you know, like kind of change it up a little bit to, adjust to what could be coming on two strikes so he definitely changed that for me and I realized you know that's actually a really good idea so I'm going to start doing it and that's when I started to do it 
All right. So like we just talked about, when you do head to Notre Dame, you are going to be, you know, just a position player, middle infielder. Um, but you still are on the mound here for these next couple of years. Uh, so let's kind of dig into your pitching repertoire a little bit. What does that look like in terms of what different types of pitches that you're throwing? Um, I have a fastball, a changeup, and a curveball. So I have two kind of changeup grips that I've been working with. One's more of like a kind of like a splitter. And then the other one's more just like a circle. Um, I've been working on the splitter change grip for a while, and it's actually been helping like a little bit more movement for me. So I'm kind of more comfortable with that. But, uh, yeah, it's pretty straightforward, you know, just a regular four-seam fastball, maybe working a two-seam once in a while. But other than that, it's just a fastball change-up curveball. So with you being a primary uh, position player, do you still kind of put emphasis on, you know, on arm care? Do you still, you know, go through the offseason with like, you know, a D load that, you know, most POs kind of worry about and then go back to, you know, ramping up when it comes to the springtime? Yeah, for sure. You know, usually after the season ends for uh, fall ball, you know, I'll take maybe like a couple weeks off kind of let my arm rest just from throwing all year. And then um, we'll start back up again, you know, J bands, plyos, shoulder tubes, really a lot of stretching. Got to keep the arm loose. You know, you never want to have a sore arm during a game because that, you know, could, especially at shortstop, you know, if I'm not, if I don't have like a, a good feeling arm, sometimes it could be the difference between, you know, being safe and out and that could lead to a run or not. So yeah. definitely arm care is super important for sure. So when you do head to Notre Dame, uh, with you being a middle infielder, do you see yourself, you know, sticking there at that shortstop position? Or do you see yourself, you know, maybe making that switch to second base or even potentially going to third base? Uh, where do you kind of see yourself just right now? What does that outlook look like? Definitely right now, uh, the goal is to stay at shortstop, you know, but if a change needs to be made, I'm going to I'm going to adjust to it because playing is really the ultimate goal there, you know, especially coming in. But Definitely the goal right now just to stay at shortstop and I'm going to work as hard as I can to be able to stay there. Okay. All right. So let's kind of dig into, you know, your personal scouting report a little bit. Like I said, I like to ask pretty much all you guys this. I think it's kind of cool to get your guys, your minds rolling a little bit and kind of thinking about your game. Uh, if you were a scout, you know, let's say, you know, at the PBR futures game, you're a scout just sitting there watching you play. What would be that? Uh, like, what would be that scouting report? What would that look like? Uh, definitely initial, like, Physical look, I would say that I'm more physical than probably most people. I mean, I'm not really like super tall, but, you know, I have the stockiness. I'm like five foot nine, like 190 pounds. So I definitely hit the weights pretty hard. But I think on the initial like look, you know, obviously you see the kid, he works hard in the weight room. So he would work hard on the field, too. And like, I feel like once you see me like taking at bat, you know, I kind of battle through every at bat, taking looks at shortstop, you know, like even in just like uh, warmups, like, you know, taking it like it's a game ball, you know. So I would say, you know, definitely just like this kid, like, could be pretty good, I would say. But, yeah, that's what I would say about myself if I saw myself as a scout. All right. So you talk about getting in the weight room. I know you're yeah. pretty big with, you know, evolved baseball training. Um, Andy Badochka or however the hell you pronounce his last name. <laughs> um, I know I know you work out with him. I know he mentioned you a couple times when I was talking to him. Um, yep. So how did you get connected with Andy and what's that relationship like? Yeah. So the first time that I knew of Andy, I saw it on Max Clark's story and I was like, you know, Max is, he's a pretty big guy himself. So I was like, you know, kind of interested, you know, but I never really reached out. He actually reached out to me and he was like asking me if I was interested. I was like, yeah, definitely interested. You know, we had a conversation about like what goals we wanted to reach. And ever since then, I've been with him for over a year now. He's super cool to talk to. I love talking to him. He makes really great programs. You know, I think he's definitely helped me get stronger and like faster and improve in like not just the weights, but on the baseball field as well. 
Yeah. I mean, I actually, I think that's how I came across Andy's page as well. I saw Max uh, like post about it one time. I'm like, shoot, who the hell, who is this guy? Um, but what, what do some of those programs look like that he's taking you through? Um, is I know you, is it like more of like a personalized thing or does he have kind of something similar for all you guys? What does that program look like? Yeah, it's definitely personalized. You know, you kind of send him like videos of like your past, like lifting and he kind of like evaluates it a little bit and like shows you like, you know, like if your form maybe might be off, they'll like help you fix it. If, you know, like you're trying to do too much with like your weight. So like he'll let you know, like he communicates really well. Um, his program's kind of different for everyone. It really varies on like what your goals kind of are. So if you're like, you know, looking to like gain weight, he's going to like have you hit like lift heavy. If, you know, you're looking for like speed, you know, you'd probably do more of like a dynamic type of workout where you like run and jump and sprint. But, you know, obviously you don't just want to be like just a weight guy. You want to be like an athlete too, especially for a baseball player. So he's definitely really good with that. Uh, right now I've been running a four day a week, sometimes five where I would do like uh just like a strictly like upper body day or a strictly lower body day. Okay. So besides getting bigger, faster, stronger, before you hit the Notre Dame's campus, what are a couple other things you're wanting to, you know, work on your game most uh, when it comes to, I guess, just evolving your game, developing uh, before you head to Notre Dame's campus? Yeah, just staying smooth in the infield, you know, making all the plays, making as much as plays as I can with like the least amount of errors. Uh, you know, if, if there's any flaws in my swing, fixing that and being able to adjust different types of pitches, different pitchers, different arm slots, things like that. Um, you know, kind of just like just getting more experience out there. You know, obviously I played for a while, but you can you can always get more. So you talk about arm slots there. Have you know, have you ever faced, you know, a guy who's you know throwing a little funky when it comes to uh, when you're playing in travel ball or even in high school? Have you faced someone funky like that? Yeah, you know, there's always uh, different types of people. You know, there's like people that maybe have like a like a long arm swing, a short one where they kind of hide the ball a little bit. Maybe some like sidearm. Uh, definitely for for high school for sure. You know, because like there's some high school kids out there, like 16, 17 year olds that kind of like aren't as advanced, so it's kind of a little bit goofy. But um, yeah, I've seen some sidearm. I've seen some like super short arm where like they hide it really well and it's kind of tough to pick up at first. But um, yeah, that's I've seen a little bit of that. Okay, so with all the pitchers that you have faced in your career so far, obviously, like I said, Aiden Decker-Petty there um, from Newcastle, the IU commit in the regionals, um, Andrew DeCannage there in the state championship game. Who has been the toughest pitcher that you've ever faced? For sure, DeCannage, no doubt. So what – so, I mean, obviously he was, you know, a projected, like, top 10 pick at that point when you faced him. What does that look like just through your eyes when you're facing a guy like that who's throwing, you know, mid to upper 90s, uh, just wacky, crazy pitches? What does that look like from, you know, just in the, inside the batter's box? I mean, I have, like I said before, like, after seeing 95 all week, it was kind of, like, pretty similar because obviously he's not going to – like, he wasn't sitting 95, so he's, you know, maybe a couple 91, 92, but – I'd get all the way in the back of the box, you know, like just hunt for a fastball. Uh, he was a super good pitcher, but really like when I realized, you know, like I was ready for it, our first, our first at bat leadoff hitter, almost, he hit a bomb. He almost took him yard and I was like, Whoa. So I got in the batter's box, you know, I was kind of ready for it. I was super excited to face him too. Obviously facing a guy like that's nervous, but it's, it's really fun too. Yeah. So when you're facing 91, 92 there um, against the Canich, what is that transition process afterwards when you go back to facing, you know, just regular speeds? Yeah, definitely adjusting, you know, maybe moving up in the box a little bit, kind of loading a little bit later than I normally would. 
So definitely just adjusting like this little bit slower pitching because obviously, of course, after you see like 93, 94, like even seeing like 80 looks a lot slower than it normally would. Yeah. So another transition that, you know, you get you kind of you and all the other top prospects across the country have to deal with is that transition from, you know, metal to wood bats. Um, so for you kind of going through the summer with wood, going to high school with metal, what is that what is that transition process and what's kind of the toughest thing part of, you know, making that transition consistently? Um, you know, I think kind of like when you go from a metal bat and you kind of get jammed and like, it doesn't really hurt as bad. And then when you go to the wood and you kind of catch it on the inside, that's when you like get a little sting. And I, I feel like the wood bats are just like, they're a little bit, they're weighted different in my opinion. I feel like a wood bat compared to a metal bat isn't like the same feeling, uh, especially for metal, like the knob or like the handle is a little bit thinner than like a metal or a wood bat would be. But I don't think there's honestly. Like, I felt my my transition was pretty well, and I didn't feel like a ton, like a big difference between the two. Yeah. So when you are swinging wood, do you have a preference on what you're swinging, or are you one of those guys that you know, give me a wood bat, I'm gonna go up there, I'm gonna swing it. Um. Yeah. I kind of I like the Victus. I like kind of like an end loaded type of bat. I feel like it just I just feel better. It swings better for me. But um, yeah. I, I swung a Victus all last year, and I felt really good with it. And then when we were down in Florida this past uh fall i broke it so looking for another one similar to that kind of so anything really similar to like the goods like the metal bat goods is what i really like okay so is that your first time breaking a wood bat in a game yes okay all right man so um that's kind of like all the questions i got for when it comes to the baseball side of things i do have you know my rapid fire questions i like to ask everybody you know to end off the podcast um so question number 1 so when it comes you know to beyond the game of baseball what are some of those passions that you have uh when you're not there out on the field uh you know like i said before you know getting in the weight room i just i find that so enjoyable you know like hitting a new pr just like makes you feel so good you know putting in the work you know like your muscles get tired but like it also makes you know, like you like you're working. So like, I really like it in the weight room. I think that's, I think that's probably like if baseball, like didn't ever work out, you know, one day maybe I'd want to do something like powerlifting maybe. Okay. So what is it that motivates you to, you know, get up, go to the, go to the weight room, you know, go, maybe go to the batting cage. What are some of those motivations that you have just to help you, you know, get out of bed every day and just go get better? Uh, you know, after going to Notre Dame, you know, I got to keep proving myself just because I'm committed doesn't mean like I have to stop working, you know, wake up every day knowing like there could be someone out there working just as hard, but I got to work harder. So um, when it comes to everyone that you, you know, Coach Hunley, um, the Notre Dame coaching staff that you've built pretty good relationships with, your high school coach there to Andrean, if you had to pick, you know, two to three people who have been just the most influential within your baseball career, who would those people be? uh definitely Dale Meyer I've worked with him probably since I was like 10 years old and he's been he's been like he's been amazing he, I mean he's helped me with everything hitting pitching infielding he's a super great guy he coaches at Ileana Christian with his son Gavin he's a he's amazing I mean I hang out with his son he comes over sometimes if we have like any gatherings you know he'll come over and talk to everybody my parents love him I love him he's a super great guy uh Dave Pishker too. I've also known him since like um, seventh grade. I've talked to him and, you know, he's been really close to me. He's always told me like, you know, you're, you're going to be something special one day. And I think that kind of like helps me also stay motivated, but like he knows that I have potential and that he wants to be able to bring the best out of me that he can. So those are definitely two people that are very like, they've really helped me like 
improve for okay. sure. So with all those different contacts that you do have in your phone, if you had to go right now, go ahead into your phone, your contacts, who would be that coolest contact that you have um, in your phone right now? My coolest contact. Honestly, probably Coach Robbins. You know, not many people have a Notre Dame's coach in their contacts. Yeah, I'm sure. And the, I mean, that's actually so I just started asking that question, you know, because I'm curious in terms of like how many of you younger guys know, you know, like major league ball players who maybe you like you look up to or something like that. Like how many younger players have contacts like that? So I've been asking and most people do say, you know, their collegiate coach, because I mean, there aren't very many people that have, you know, a guy who's coaching power five baseball, his phone number. So that is a pretty cool contact there. But um, so down to my final two questions, when it comes to, I guess, what your life looks like here in 20 years from now. Let's say everything's going right, perfect picture. What does that life look like? 20 years from now, well, I would definitely, you know, I would love to be like playing Major League Baseball for sure. That would be the ultimate really goal right there. That'd be the perfect life for me, you know. Uh, playing Major League Baseball around people that I love, living like a in a nice house, driving a nice car, things, things like that. Okay. All right, man. So down to my final question. This is a question I like to ask everybody, no matter if you're an athlete, agent, coach. Um, when it comes to brands, what is your favorite baseball brand? Or even to take that question a little bit further, what would be your dream brand to endorse when you head to Notre Dame and you get that opportunity to capitalize, you know, on your name, image, and likeness that the NCAA just uh, came out with? What What would be that dream brand? Uh, definitely for clothes and like shoes and things, I would definitely go with Nike. I'd say that's a pretty popular one. I'm sure too. Yeah, it is. Uh, for baseball gear, I really like Wilson. I've used it like all my life. I think that they make really great stuff. Um, you know, maybe like bats. I definitely like DiMarini for sure. Um, Wood Victus is really nice. Um. But yeah, definitely Nike because they have like all the Jordan stuff, which is super sick. Yeah. I love that stuff. I'd say Nike is probably number two on the list of most popular to that question. Number one is something I like, I wouldn't even think of. Lululemon is is number one. And like, I, I mean, I, I tell people this all the time, but like before, like I started hearing Lululemon all the time, I always kind of thought that was a, a girl brand until, so did. until all the, like all these, like I'm talking to a six foot five uh, Arkansas commit with a beard. He's like, yeah, man. he goes, I really like Lululemon. I'm like, what the hell? Like what? But, uh, but no, um, no, that's all the questions I got for you, man. Really appreciate you coming on the show. Um, do want to wish you the best of luck, um, you know, as you move forward into your career um, there this spring, there at the battle of Indiana as well. Um, you continue on with your career. want to wish you the best of luck. I know this probably, this won't be the last time I'm talking to you, but you know, I like to say best of luck. Uh, really appreciate you coming on the show and man, that's, that's all for the JKR podcast here. Thank you. Thank you. I, I'm really, that was really awesome. I'm glad you reached out, you know, really appreciate you getting me on here. It was so much fun.